Chapter 2 A Living Process In 1854, Pasteur was the head of a college in Lille, France. His job led him to research problems occurring in the community. In 1856, he visited Mr. Bigo, a beet alcohol producer with a spoilage problem. My beet alcohol is ruined. The beets are fine, but the alcohol keeps spoiling. May I take some samples of the alcohol, both good and bad batches? Of course. Back at his lab, Pasteur looked at the samples under a microscope. Interesting. Bigo, take a look in the microscope. The shapes tell us something important. The good batches are filled with round microorganisms called yeasts. The bad batches have some yeasts, but they have many more of the strange rod-shaped microorganisms. I don't understand it, but for now we have a solution. Inspect the batches under a microscope. Throw out any batches showing rod shapes. Thank you, Louis. You have saved my reputation. Pasteur thought more about the process of fermentation. Something turns grape juice into wine and makes bread rise. But what? Pasteur and his assistants turned to books for answers. Pasteur studied constantly, which helped him understand and build on each new discovery. Where observation is concerned, chance favors only the prepared mind. Most sources say that fermentation produces yeast. Yes, but others think yeast causes fermentation. Maybe yeasts are alive, and fermentation is a living process. Alive? If anyone were to tell me that in these conclusions I am going beyond the facts, I would reply that this is true, but this is how I see the matter. Pasteur knew he needed to prove the theory through careful experiments. One flask of water contains everything we think is needed for fermentation, sugar, yeast, and nitrogen, a gas essential to all living things. Correct. And the other flasks are each missing one of those ingredients. Now we wait to see if any of the liquids in the flasks ferment. Three days later, only the flask with all the ingredients fermented. As I suspected, all ingredients, including yeast, are necessary for fermentation. Yeast is not a byproduct of fermentation. It's required for fermentation to happen at all. Through more experiments, the process of fermentation became clearer to Pasteur. Yeasts are living things. They feed on sugar in the mixture. Nitrogen speeds up this process. As they feed, they turn sugar into alcohol. Yeasts cause fermentation. As the yeasts feed, they give off carbon dioxide, just like plants. That's why fermenting liquids bubble and bread dough rises. But what is happening to the flasks that are open to the air? Oxygen changes the process. 
yeast exposed to oxygen multiplies, but it does not feed on the sugars. Pasteur had unlocked the secrets of fermentation, but he still wondered why Bigot's beet alcohol had gone bad. Those tiny rod-shaped creatures must have something to do with the bad alcohol. But what? In 1858, Pasteur figured out that the rod shapes in the bad fermentations produced lactic acid. The same acid is found in sour milk. But where do these rod-shaped germs come from? What do milk and wine have in common? Exposure to air. Perhaps the germs live in the air. Pasteur set up a vacuum tube to pump outside air into his lab. If they live in air, I should be able to capture them in cotton exposed to air. When we started, both these cotton pieces were sterilized. Now this cotton is filled with microorganisms. Precisely. And the difference is air. In Pasteur's next experiment, he put the cotton balls in flasks of liquid to see if the organisms would multiply. The sterile flask shows no growth, but the flask with the germ-filled cotton shows incredible growth. Pasteur wondered if microorganisms always grew so easily. In his studies during 1860, he opened sealed flasks of liquid in different places to see if different conditions, such as temperature, affected the growth of microorganisms. Warm, moist conditions seem to encourage growth. Hot, dry conditions keep growth down. And cold nearly stops growth. From these studies, Pasteur hoped to disprove the theory of spontaneous generation. Many scientists believed that microorganisms came from a mysterious life force in the air. The swan-necked shape should trap germs in the bends, but still allow air into the flask. First, he boiled some meat broth in his special flasks to make sure it was free of any germs. If air truly generates germs, the broth in the flasks will become cloudy with microorganisms. But if only germs can create other germs and they all get trapped in the neck, the broth will stay clear. It's been six weeks and the broth is still clear. Let's see if the neck has trapped those germs. Once the swan neck was placed in the solution, germs grew in only 36 hours. Germs must be able to reach the broth in order to multiply and grow. They aren't spontaneously generated from air.